Hi, this is Bob Madigan, and you're living, ah, listen, living, listening to Sick or Non. Sick and Ron. Sick and Ron. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Right here. Yes, you're listening to Sick or Non, and this is Bob Madigan, and uh, I hope you're still going to listen later on, dude. <laughs> This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, Steve Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. What's up there, Wacker? I host a podcast. I host a podcast. With my BF? You, you seem rather positive, like uh, optimistic about the show today, whereas I am rather... Grave and in a more solemn mood. Why? I have some sobering news for you, Wackerly. I probably won't get sobered up that quickly. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't know if you, uh, what stage of inebriation you are in, but this is going to sober you, but down a couple stages, I guess a couple levels. Um, One of your uh, uh, idols and a Bay Area counterculture icon passed away this past Monday, Frank Moore. Died on uh, October 14th. Oh, Frank Moore. Complications from pneumonia. What are we going to do without him? I don't know. You know? <laughs> you know, I was a, I was a little bummed. Frank Moore-shaped hole in the world right now. <laughs> there is a void that should be filled by a spastic man in a wheelchair that has sex with hippies on stage. Does he get, do you, does he get, he doesn't get buried with his wheelchair, right? What happens to that thing? I don't know. He had like a, he had a custom wheelchair though with like a Ouija board, remember? Yep. Like, because all right, well, let me just describe Frank Moore. I think we've we've spoken about him on the show. Uh, Frank Moore used to perform with Bob Madigan's band Fluff Girl. Also used to used to perform with Extreme Elvis. Bob Madigan used to perform with Frank Moore's band. Bob <laughs> Madigan, All Stars. Yeah, Bob Madigan. Every time he would see Frank Moore anywhere, like in public, you know, uh, on the bus. I don't think Frank Moore ever rode the bus, but okay, at a shopping mall. Um, at KUSF, you know, at, at uh, Rampage Radio, he would kiss Frank Moore's dick. He would, like, lift his pants or, like, he'd lift his – because Frank Moore used to wear a lot of skirts. He would lift his skirt up and kiss Frank Moore's penis. Right. I don't know why. Why not? <laughs> Could you imagine how bad that must have smelled? Uh, in relation to Bob? <laughs> So Frank Moore um, was born with cerebral palsy. Uh, he could not walk or talk, but that guy wrote books, directed plays. He was in films. He gave poetry readings, played piano. He was in uh, bands. His, uh, he had a band called the Chirotic All-Stars that, yeah, played at clubs up and down the West Coast. He even did a tour in Canada. Um, but the way, the way he communicated, and this is what was weird about him. So the guy was a, you know, he's been active, I guess, since, what, the 60s? And he was definitely a hippie. He was more of a punk rock kind of hippie. But he had this, I, you know, I, I don't want to say cult because I think I'm undermining what it was that he had. 
But it was, it was a, like an artistic commune. A commune is what it I was. I don't know if they really all lived together, but they had that mentality. Yeah, and they lived in uh, in the East Bay. He had this. It was kind of like his. It wasn't a warehouse. I guess it was like a like three different homes that were kind of attached to each other. And yeah, like it was they, a compound. They did all live together. I didn't, wasn't really sure. I, I mean, I guess there were there are members of the. The thing is, when you see when you hear the word cult, it's kind of a loaded term. You think like people are forced to live there. You know, they're brainwashed and not allowed to leave. I mean, these people had you know freedom to go wherever they chose. But I guess they were somewhat brainwashed. Who's going to stop them, Frank Moore? <laughs> well, I mean, like he, you like you get up in the middle of the night and you sneak out of your little like cubby hole, like with your suitcase, and you're going towards the door, and then the lightning flashes, and Frank Moore's just there in the doorway in blocking your path. <laughs> but yeah, he, he had like uh, acolytes. I'm not making were, fun of him. That's what he sounded like. Yeah, exactly. but he, he had like um, acolytes and you know followers that were that could. That could force you to stay in the commune if he if he know. you know bid them to. I'm sure they didn't exactly look like bodyguards or stormtroopers. No, but I mean he had a lot of like that's what blew my mind is these young women would just come to his cult or his commune and become members of his group, and he would have they they would have sex with him. They'd have sex with him on stage. They'd have sex with him in private. If you go to Frank Moore's website, it's called Aeroplay.com. You can see videos of Frank Moore. You know, this guy with cerebral palsy who sounded like Chewbacca. Like, he sounded like Chewbacca, like, eating Laffy Taffy or something. It was just like... Okay, um, now I feel you're making fun of him. I'm not. That's what he sounded like. He really did. You know what? Actually, Wackley, if you're going to be an unbeliever here, um, <laughs> let, let me play you a little clip from the interview that I did with Frank Moore on 2000. This is on Rampage Radio in 2002. Frank it's Moore was a video, but okay. Well, it was a video, but I recorded a little sound bite from it. Um, Frank Moore came into the studio, and he was with his—I don't know if she was his wife, his companion, partner, this woman named Linda—and she, Concubine. she would transcribe Frank's messages and the way Frank communicated. Because I mean, he did—he spoke like a you know, like with howls and and yelps and sound like a Wookiee. But he, the way he communicated, is he had a pointer on his head. That pointed to like a Ouija board of letters. <laughs> here's, here's all you need to know. Frank Moore didn't have as much money as, say, Stephen Hawking. <laughs> he doesn't have some like fancy fucking computer to talk for him. He's got a stick and a Ouija board and a lady to watch him point the stick at the but Ouija she board. Would, you know, but she would spell out the letters like A, A, R. R E R, and she would like you know speak you know uh, uh, interpret what it was that he was trying to say. It was a very difficult interview, um, but the but the one thing about it, the one thing I remember most clearly, other than the fact that there was a woman masturbating while he spoke, one of his um, followers, um, is Frank she was started, masturbating? Yeah, she was masturbating the whole time. I'll post the Why? video. I don't know, it, and she squirted all over the chair. I think at one point I even said I was like, I will never sit in that chair again. I mean, it just looked disgusting. It was just like this kind of mucus that was coming out of her. She had a weird looking <laughs> vagina too. But um, and Frank Moore loved it. Like it was, you know, there was while Frank Moore and Bob were doing a song. But Frank Moore started the interview. He insisted on starting the interview with a song. So here's a clip of uh, Frank Moore doing a song called, like something like "I Wear My Heart on Your Asshole." This is like. So I wasn't making this up. Thank you. 
Believe it or not, when Wackley hits orgasm, uh, women have said he sounds very similar. Yeah, it goes on for this long, too. <laughs> I think this should just be the music bed while we talk about Frank Moore. But the problem is, this isn't, I mean, are there instruments that go with this song, or this is acapella? He wanted an acapella song to start the show, but the second song he did with Bob, where the girl was masturbating, Bob was playing the harmonica. It goes on and on like this, you get the idea. And I was trying to keep a straight face the whole time. I'm just sitting there, and I, I kind of expect him to do it for like 45 seconds. The song went on for like four minutes of this. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was difficult for me. I think I did break character a few... Actually, not a few times. I was laughing throughout. It was hard. It was hard not to. I mean, how could you... Would you be able to keep a poker face in that situation? I guess. I'm a little more serious about it. Like, Frank, are you telling me if you sang this song a different time, it would sound just like that? Or are you just making noise? All of his songs kind of sounded like that. Right, because it's... I don't know. (laughs) You know, if somebody tells you they're going to sing a song, then they just make random noises... That's but not the, really but a, song. a but Especially a song. If, you, if you, at a different time, say, oh, could you sing that song again? And he says, yeah, and then he makes a bunch of different random noises. Okay, Hitler, deciding what... what, what I'm just you're, saying it's well, not a song. You're a fascist in terms of, like, what are you deciding? This is a song, this is not a song. This is the way Frank Moore expresses himself. And to Frank, it's a okay. song. The song's entirely subjective. To me, it just sounded like a Wookiee chewing on Laffy Taffy. Um... But yeah, you, you know, uh, the, the reason I like Frank Moore, and I think the reason... I'm just saying, the guy, the guy isn't... He's not brain... His brain was fully functional. Like, you could explain to him why it wasn't a song, and he would either argue against you or... He would or, argue or against you. He would say you were conventional, and you have a conventional um, definition of what a song should be. <laughs> you know? And that's not... Okay. That's not why, Frank Moore pushed the line. Frank Moore... Um, <laughs> It's a creative type. He even, you know, he even com- made it. He co- coined the term chero, the chirotic all stars thing, combining chi and eros to express the physical energy of life. Frank Moore made that up. Okay. <laughs> he also created the word aeroplay, which is the uh, the the name of his uh, the domain of his website, aeroplay.com, to describe the physical interaction between adults released from the linear goals of typical sexual intercourse. Often in the context of a long 48-hour ritualistic performance. And if you look at some of the videos on Frank's page, he's just rolling around with like these two hippie chicks with massive bushes. And they're just rolling on top of him while he sort of just, you know, writhes about and makes noises for hours. Like he has a six-hour sex video on. You saw one of the videos I sent you. Did you watch it alone like later on? No. <laughs> I purposely sent it to John Steele to ruin his, uh, his lunch, but he never responded. <laughs> probably ruined his meals for a week. <laughs> I mean, more power to him. I'm not, I'm not trying to belittle the man. I'm trying, I, I respect his efforts, and I respect them enough to critique them. That's all I'm saying. And if, you are, you know, if you're on SSD and Social Security Disability and you can convince a bunch of ladies to roll around with you and naked in bed for 48 hours or longer... I wish I could do that. Yeah, no, and you know, if I, it's just not happening. I don't think I would have had as much sex as Frank Moore if I had cerebral palsy. I don't think I have had as much sex as Frank Moore. I don't have cerebral palsy. So not, not, neither have I. But do you remember the first time you ever saw Frank Moore? This is what I was trying to get across to people. It's like you can watch those videos all you want. You can see the video of me interviewing him on Rampage. But the true essence of Frank 
had to be experienced. Like you had to see the show live. I'm not saying the show was the best thing you've ever seen. I'm not saying the show was something I had to I mean, see every time he came to town. But it was definitely a spectacle. Yeah. It's like a Gigi Allen type thing. I mean, yeah, kind of. It's just basically it was just Frank in a wheelchair surrounded by with like, his cock out. With he's usually completely nude, and there'd be like three well, girls. Well, but he would he would have some like jewelry on or something, I guess. He'd have like yeah, a hippie necklace or something, and then there would be like a guy playing a violin, a guy playing a saxophone, a guy playing drums, and maybe a guy playing a guitar or a sitar or something, and it would just some be some ladies singing and writhing naked on him. Or in like uh, you know filleting him and trying to have sex with him and get him hard so they could they could have sex with him on stage and it would just go on like that for three hours. Yeah, it was he no, would three hours. Yeah, maybe often, an hour and a half. No, oftentimes like when he played those festivals like in the park during the day, like he played Tidal Wave. I guess they just let him go for like three hours and the festival okay. was like finishing. I never, <laughs> I never stood there for three hours to watch him. I think I maybe I watched him for an hour or maybe a half hour. I heard that at Bob Madigan's memorial, um, he played for three and a half hours that night. We left. Like we left after about forty five minutes. I was there with Joe Kelly, and Joe Kelly was like, What? the fuck is going on because i didn't even i just told him that frank moore is going to play he's like who's that and i was like you'll see and as soon as frank gets up on stage he was like i can't believe i'm seeing this right now what what is going on and i was like i was like go go closer just smell it <laughs> but yeah he played for uh, three and a half hours i'm actually kind of stunned that frank moore survived bob yeah i was not really aware that he was still alive <laughs> And he died of know. pneumonia. Is that common for people with MS? You know, Frank was, he was born in like 46, so 1946. I mean, he was mm. getting on in years. And I think he probably wasn't the epitome of health. But yeah, he had double pneumonia. So, yeah, I don't know. People who have his affliction, usually people who have cerebral palsy die like that. But apparently he had been sick for a while. But he just finally died. And, you know, I think that the, the, he will be missed. I I think it's a tragedy that a lot of these these young tech people that move to San Francisco that that are uh, that that buy all these dive bars and flip them into their mixology bars will never get to see Frank Moore's cock. <laughs> I feel I feel bad for the commune, the followers. What are they going to do? Nobody's yeah, going to see them play. Nobody's going to see them play without Frank Moore. Well, why would you? I mean, <laughs> that he is the uh, the focal point of the band. It'd be funny if they got, um, you know, like some hot kid to, to fill in, like, uh, you know, like ACDC or something. Or what's the other band with the Philip? They had the movie about the Filipino guy f- became the lead singer of some band. I have no idea what I'm talking about. You know, Frank Moore. Oh, you're thinking of Journey. Uh, Frank Moore yeah. had this uh, son who is like severely deformed. So maybe they could get him. Frank Moore has a son. I'm joking. <laughs> but I'm surprised he doesn't. After years of being in a sex cult. Yeah, but like he said, the, his sex was mainly just like writhing about. Yeah, you never know. I mean, I'm sure he might have had... Rather potent. than full-on penetration. He, I'm sure he's penetrated women before. All right. Um, and why per- doesn't he have a kid? I don't know. He might. Maybe. It's not like he was putting a condom on. <laughs> maybe. I mean, uh, he, might, he might actually have a child out there. Yeah, but, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe there's a long-lost child to Frank Moore. The love child that will take over for the Chirotic All-Stars. It'll be the return. No. He probably sells insurance. (laughs) 
Um, uh, there's an article written about There's a bunch of articles I saw recently on Facebook, but um, one was written by, I think her name is Susan Bond here, and she said that Frank was the ultimate wounded healer, a differently shaped medicine man, a spastic magician, and a trickster lover. So maybe okay. Let, let's get something clear. He wasn't a magician, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think he was a healer either. He did manage to get girls to, to take their clothes off and uh, put their his dick in their mouth. I think that's kind of some magic, some weird hippie cult magic. You might be right. I don't know. I couldn't do it. But you know what? I'm going to miss him. I was on his radio show too. He had a radio show called Frank Moore Shaman Den, and I went on it with um. Remember Misty, that girl I dated when we lived together. Yeah, I remember Misty. Yeah, so Misty and I went to uh, Frank Moore's house, like the commune, and uh, we were interviewed on his show, The Shaman's Den. And it's funny, if you, I was looking at the video, because the video is hilarious, because I'm sitting there trying to answer questions. I found some still pictures, but if you see Misty's face the whole time, it was just this look of just abject horror. Like she's just like, why am I here? It smells awful. Was that awful. your point on bringing her? No, uh, she was. She you thought she was going to enjoy herself. No, I told her. I was like, you know, I got to go do this interview. She's like, well, I'm coming with you. I was like, uh-huh. okay, fine. <laughs> I was just like, well, let's let's do this, I guess. <laughs> so you know, I'm, and I tried to explain, like you know, I tried to explain this is what's in store for you, just to prepare you mentally uh, for Frank Moore. But I mean, was she like, worried you were going to bang one of the followers or something, or see a titty? Oh, who knows? That girl's jealous of everything. I went to a convalescent <laughs> home. She go with me. But, um, I mean, you can't really prepare somebody for Frank Moore. you got to see it. And that's the thing. I think it's a tragedy that people won't be able to see the live performance of Frank Moore. He will be missed. Um, anyway, uh, Wacker, we got a hell of a show today. It's a, uh, we, we got this um, spontaneous interview that just sort of fell in my lap. Like usually, you know, usually the interviews, I kind of go out and seek somebody who wrote an interesting book or is doing something like starting a, a business about being a professional wingman. <laughs> But no, you know, we find guests every now and then. Try to do it once a month. Um, this one, uh, I was actually contacted by a guy who was on the show before, uh, Shane Bugby, um, who's an author and um, artist. Apparently, he's doing a, a show called uh, Satan, Serial Killers, and the Murder of Dana Plato. And he's doing it with the- Dana Plato played- uh, Kimberly. <laughs> I don't know. Kimberly. Kimberly. Yeah. Different strokes. On different strokes. Yeah. Right. Back in the 80s. You know, I never knew she was murdered, but I'm interested to talk to him about this. And this is a. Uh, yeah, I thought she was a drug addict. Yeah, I heard she OD'd committed suicide by like Valium or something. Yeah, like an alcohol. And she I also we'll like. Find um, out. But all the people, all the uh, the kids from different strokes, went on to uh, to to have some notoriety. I know Todd Bridges didn't he hold up a bank? I think even uh, smoked a little bit of crack. Dana Plato, she robbed a liquor store. And what then, about Conrad Bain? I don't know if but I'm Let's talking about the kids. I want to know if Sean. Oh, I want to know if Shane has any insight into Conrad Bain. Should find out about that. Uh, but anyway, Shane is doing the show with the uh, comedian Rick Shapiro. Who, uh, if you ever see Rick's live performance, that guy's great. Really, um, kind of one of those uh, like free verse comedians. Just kind of goes on these rants, these epic rants, which I kind of like that style of comedy. Um, but he was on Louis C.K. He was also a voice on Grand Theft Auto 4. So uh, we're going to talk to uh, Shane Shane Bugby and Rick Shapiro about Satan, serial killers, and the murder of Dana Plato. Uh, people, this is episode 403 here, Sick and Wrong. Um, before we give uh, Shane a call, here's a word from our sponsor, AdamandEve.com. Hey, kids, do you like sex toys? Yeah! Then go to AdamandEve.com and make a purchase using coupon code DIDDLE. You'll get 50% off your first item 
three free adult DVDs, free shipping, and a gift so sensual I can't even mention it on this podcast about murder and bukkake. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's DIDDLE, D-I-D-D-L-E, like your uncle used to do to you. Uh-oh, who's this? Hey, Rick um, and Tracy, this is uh, D. Simon and, and uh, Lance Wackley from Sick and Wrong. How are you guys doing? Hi. Good, man. We're sick and wrong. <laughs> That's good to know. Not hey, sick enough and not wrong enough to take it. <laughs> Hey, thanks for being on the show tonight. Uh, unfortunately, I, w- I couldn't get a hold of Shane, who you're doing the show with. Uh, but Rick, I'm I'm uh, I'm, uh, I'm honored to have you here on Sick and Wrong. Um, so, so first of all, the show that's coming up here, uh, Satan, serial killers, and the murder of Dana Plato. Uh, how did this come to be? Like, what, what what's your connection here to Shane and and, and this show? Wait a minute. I have no idea. <laughs> it's nice enough for Shane not to show up. I just reveal that. Like, call him, tell him to leave a me- me- message how we got connected. Uh, I-, I don't really know. Uh, so, so the show's in, uh, let's see, it's, it's in San Francisco, or it's here on the 25th at Nerd Melt uh, yeah. over there on uh, Sunset. In San Francisco, it's the 27th. There's a Sunday at the Vortex Room, which I don't, I'm not familiar with that place. But apparently it's a sh- you know it's a show uh, you guys are both doing. So is it like a half and half thing? Like you're gonna go up there and do your own thing? Well, from what I've read, this is Tracy. From what I've read, uh, according to the description, is that there's gonna be some podcasting, some talking about serial killers and Satan. Ricky's gonna do his uh, hit like a, a set, and then maybe there'll be some interaction and some book signings. Yeah, it's, I mean, it sounds like it, it's kind of interesting. I guess there's a, a, a first-hand account of some serial killer stories that Shane knows of. There's going to be some uh, some food served up because apparently Shane wrote a cookbook with a serial killer named Dorothy, Dor- Dorothy Apuente. So there's going to be some food there. And uh, apparently uh, Satanism is also going to be discussed. And then this is what I found kind of interesting I wanted to ask him about. The murder of Dana Plato, who was Kimberly on Different Strokes. Rick, were you a big fan of Different Strokes? No. Uh, <laughs> Did you ever see it? <laughs> yeah, I think I saw it a couple of times. And I like the way they threw that little black kid around and had him say the same thing over and over again, like a parrot. Like they were thrown around <laughs> by his legs, like a parrot's legs. And he kept yelling, What you talking about, Willis? 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 Hell of a catchphrase. And my father would come into the living room and take pot shots at the TV and try to shoot him. <laughs> you know, but that show was wasn't that like that, one that of those moral? Him, it was like one of those moral sitcoms because back then, like sitcoms are about yeah. like you're supposed to learn something. Like, did they have? Uh, remember, Kimberly got raped. That was one episode. Uh, Arnold or yeah. Dudley got molested by the bike shop guy. Really? Yeah, that was like yeah. one of the. Uh, a, they, there's a, their white kid friend uh, was an alcoholic on one. You know, he's like an eighth grade or probably sixth grade alcoholic or something. <laughs> well, he was an alcoholic in sixth grade. He was raped. Yeah, really? I remember them pumping coffee into him before the dad came home from work, so they so the dad wouldn't know that the kid was drunk. <laughs> wait, wait. It was always it was always a crisis in that house. Well, I didn't know that house with that father, that's Mr. Drummond, right? <laughs> yeah, Conrad Bain. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Well, it was a weird situation. I, I, like, I don't know he could ever say rape on TV. Oh, no, like, that, was a, that was a big deal. Like, Kimberly got raped, and she was too ashamed to tell the family, like, tell her dad about it. 
And then they found out Mr. Drummond got all angry. I don't know if he like got a shotgun or anything, but something happened. Like, I think the horse Roberts showed up and Vincent D'Onofrio, and they worked it out. <laughs> you got Benicio del Toro after the guy, or something. Benicio del Toro and Elliot Stabler, <laughs> <laughs> Machete. Um, anyway, I guess uh, apparently, um, m- like most of the kids from that show, though everybody went on to like either rob a bank or rob a liquor store. I know Dana Plato. Robbed a liquor store, and then it's she started doing. Liquor store, I think. Yeah, it was yeah. something like that, and then she started doing like softcore lesbian porn. Because Wackerly, don't don't you own that porn? That I think I bought it for you. On, on yeah, you actually got, found it in a thrift store and gave it to me, and uh, it has Lloyd Kaufman's autograph on it. For no, it's as a non sequitur, but you know the guy well, who did uh, Toxic Avenger and all that yeah. stuff. He's a guy who made uh, the Toxic Avenger and Class of Nukem High. I don't know if you like those really dumb. Is that the trauma? Trauma, yeah. The yeah. trauma guy. Yeah. He's a tra- I met him. I met him randomly at a bookstore in Chicago, and uh, I had just bought that that Different Strokes. It's called Different Strokes: A Story of Jack and Jill and Jill. Softcore lesbian porn with Dana Plato. They're really playing up on the Dana Plato connection. There. Well, no, I just bought it, and I, and I saw that uh, Lloyd Kaufman was doing a signing at this bookstore. So I just went in there, and I was like, oh, this would be really funny. And I just like had him sign that, and I think I had him sign a Butthole Surfer CD, too. Wait, did you have a good talk with him? Did you ask him anything interesting? I, you know, I don't remember at the time. I think I was kind of high. This you would have been like 15, 15 years ago or something, right? This is in Chicago, like probably 15 or 16 years ago. Um, yeah. Did you ever watch the movie Wackerly? Did you ever like? I mean, watch it. Of in, course, I watched it. Did you I watch it till completion? <laughs> yeah. Well, what was she wearing? Gold roller derby shorts. Or pre- uh, the you know the plot is and the see and the and the uh, production is really boring. It's just like this guy who lives with his wife, and then he meets Dana Plato at his office, and he invites her back to their pool, and they all fall in love with each other. And uh, well, but you do get she, to see Dana Plato's tits, and she's going down on snatch? the other girl. No, it's it's very much softcore. It's a, you know, Cinemax friendly. Yeah, what's she wearing? Uh, you know, like eighties jean shorts, stonewash stuff, and then she takes it off, and she's got like the high waisted white panties and the white cotton bra, and, and there's a lot of hairspray in her hair. Hmm, that's uh, hot. There, yeah. There's some pool scenes where she's just swimming around topless. I mean, it's worthwhile. So when, when you talk, I'll mail it to you. If you still have a VCR, I'll mail it to you. I don't. I don't have a VCR anymore, so I can't even watch it anyways. No, just get an IT guy. And do it. <laughs> I bet you could find it on Netflix, probably. Maybe. Yeah. Is there any scissoring in the movie that you can remember? No, that wasn't a big thing. I mean, you you, you know these <laughs> lesbian movies of the '80s. They're not realistic lesbians. And that's what everybody does when their show gets canceled. Five years, I had to do it. Five years later, you have to tell Howard Stern you're a lesbian. And then you get back on the air. I would do lesbian porn. I'd be yeah, why not? Yeah, Rick, did you ever have to do any lesbian porn? I never had to. <laughs> so let's... I, went, I went to Australia. I guess that's the only place I had to. <laughs> But yeah, three seems like it's a way of life. All right, well, you know, it's, they're so drunk, all hopped up on that Fosters. Who knows what will happen? It's great. It's it's, it's so weird. Like American girls try to be de- 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 defiant. Like you want to go out with me? Maybe I like. Maybe I'm going to kiss my girlfriend in front of you, girl, girl. You know. And then in Australia, I was at a club, and, and the girl just says, "It's over for you and your country. Come in the bathroom with me and my girlfriend." 
And, I, and that's how she started a threesome. <laughs> wow, it, it just happened just like that in the bathroom? Her, her ass walked like John Wayne did, daring me. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they're bold over there. They're bold no, in Oz. No, 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 no. I meant the attitude. You don't see this in L.A. anymore. Because they're all feather-spine people. They, they need Satan worship out here. Exactly. I bet you're back in the hair metal days. It was a lot easier to get a threesome at the Rainbow Room than it is now. Yeah, yeah, I bet it was. You know? Yeah. So, uh, Rick, how long yeah. you been out in L.A.? I, I, thought you- I, I don't know. I ended up out here five, six years ago because I, I had shot a pilot, but... I had a little amnesia from a car accident, and I didn't really realize I was out here. <laughs> so wait, you just woke up one day and be like, "Where the fuck? What is this shithole? Why the fuck am I here?" Yeah. This, the doctor said my brain would pop out of the dent, and I'd get my brains back. And um, and um, I was walking down the street, and my brain popped out like the dent, and I went, "Oh shit, I'm fucking in L.A." And I was broke, and I was like, "I can't go back." And every time I started to have enough to go back. I got some work. Like, the phone would, would ring. Like, I get more work out here than in New York. Like, they sent me up for even a goddamn Facebook co- 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 commercial, which they wouldn't call me in for shit like that. I'm not like a blonde, a Doogie Howser. How I met You're not mother. like Dane okay. Cook. Yeah, I'm not Dane Cook, that's for sure. You know? So, um... Well, what about, like, uh, I guess in terms of comedy, like the clubs? Uh, where do you prefer do- performing, like in, uh, on the East Coast or out here on the West Coast? You got a show uh, little comedy like clubs out here. everywhere. Uh, I like it. Uh, I, I like it. Like, I'm at the store a lot now. I like it there. Uh, Who's got a better crowd? Just in, just in Connecticut. Oh, just in Connecticut. And uh, that, that was great. I, I, I don't know. I, I think... New York has a crowd that comes out and stays out, and they go out a- a- after, or, or they they want to, they really want, they don't want to hear. They're used to hearing the p- pussy ass shit, but but they don't. They want to. They're angrier than the comics now. You know, maybe they lost their homes. Like, like in, in L.A., they even want to hear a point of view now. They never used to want to hear a point of view because they realized they were lied to. And one night I looked at the audience after the, for, for, for Freddie Mac and all that shit, and, and I said, wow, the audience, I'm no longer the angry co- 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 comic. The, 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 the audience is angry. And, so they, what, and they, they, they're mad if you don't put, they'll, they'll jump on you first. So are you saying they're angrier out in L.A. than they are in New York? No, they're both angry now. But it sounds like he's saying everywhere. So the, the people are just angrier now because the shit is just fucked up. Yeah, yeah, and, and they want you to connect with it. But um, there's a little bit of a recoil. Like, they're, L.A. is a bunch of shiny face. You got to slap them a little, little bit. That's all that plastic surgery. And that's fun. <laughs> they, they, they like to be mocked while, while the comics go like, you know, some of them go, you, you can't mock them. You want to write an act about your family so you can have a sitcom. You know, you can't include the audience. <laughs> yeah, but do you think most of the comics out here, though, that's the goal is they want to get on TV and they want to get like, uh, like Whitney Cummings. Like they, they want to get a sitcom. Like how many comics are just doing it just, you know, just to get their point across? 
Right, very few. But there are a couple coming up that are starting to. You know, we it's like we want we want both, but there's a couple of us who can't help but put our work first, and not the idea of having a show. Yeah, like, I mean, like you walk by a few shiny objects out here, and it gets in your head, and you go, "I want a goddamn show," and, and then and then you write stuff. And then you go on stage and you end up saying what you really want to say in spite of that uh, po- little poisoning element, you know? Yeah, 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 but despite all the commercialism. So is it true, though, that uh, all comedians kind of hate each other? Because I've heard from people that, like, it's just cutthroat. Like, as soon as one comedian, you know, like uh, like Dane Cook, everybody just universally hates Dane Cook. You know, I, I, I'm not... And, nah. and- yeah. He's, he's not a comic. He's a, like a mannequin. He steals from people. You know, like like some people want to focus fo- fo- on that. Some people are trying to make one or two real friends out here and, and hit the mics. And um, some people do business and some people, while you're doing your work, the business comes. Rather than just your goal is to just to do business, that's kind of what I always thought with Dan Cook. Like, I mean, that guy, you know, he he wanted to be a movie star. I don't think he just wanted to like do an open mic, you know. So then he's just doing this watered down mainstream comedy that just lacks any kind of meaning or purpose. Yeah. So is there a rivalry between the East Coast and West Coast comics, like in hip hop? Uh. Like, do the East Coast people hate the people on the West Coast? Like, if, ask, ask me if Sam Kinison was alive, or Steve Martin, or George Carl Carlin, or Andy Kaufman. But you don't see that anymore. Everyone's the, the, the same. So, so there's an underlying, whatever the trend is, there's an underlying envy going on. I guess that's not natural, too, but, but also... There's no longer, you're cool at what you do, you're cool at what you do. Now everybody's like putting on the nerd glasses. Yeah, that's popular is that whole nerd, that nerd comedy. Yeah, and like Colin Quinn went off about that the other day. Like, we're real comics. Go go up to each other and go, do you believe this? You know, like I watched a guy, I thought he was a, a guy I knew. Because I was watching from the back of the room. When I walked up, he was just dressed exactly like the guy I knew and had the same kind of fake voice. <laughs> That's not what's his face. Well, what about like guys like Doug Stanhope? He's still doing a, a right, right. original he's show. He, he's, he, he's the best. He's one of the best. So, uh, so right now, like, uh, you know, who do you respect that's doing stand-up? Like, who, do you, uh, who do you do shows with? Or would uh, want to do a show with? Uh... I, I I love like Attell, Louie. Oh, David Tell's great. Jim Norton, yep. Jay Oberson. Uh, I I love Patrice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patrice, you know that's a guy. Rest in peace. That guy was great too. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, yeah. I always Jim Patrice, Norton impresses me. Beautiful, beautiful to see up on stage. Yeah, yeah, I never got to see Patrice live. I've seen uh, Norton and Attell, and uh, both those guys are uh, really impressive. Um, so Rick, cool. you said early, Rick, you said earlier that you, uh, you, th- you think there's some good guys coming up, too, so not all the new guys are bad? You, you know some good guys in L.A. are coming up, new ones? Uh, oh, 
wanted to add Artie Lang. I saw him the other night some stories uh, a year ago or something. Uh, I don't remember names too well. Uh, um, I can't remember any fucking names. But does it happen every right. happen every now and then? You'll be at a club, you know, and you'll just be like, "That guy's pretty good." Even out here in LA, like somebody you know, you don't know. It, it's it's rare because the material is so inane. But there's a guy who has fun, Jeremiah Watkins, and. Oh, I don't know where we It seems like what I've noticed of the comedy scene out here in LA, there's like a fucking open mic, like five or six every night. So you kind of have to wade through a lot of shit to find like uh, yeah, there's a like real a new talent. Boom. That's why it's hard to remember. Yeah, there's so many. There's so many guys right now. So many people, and it seems like that's what people have been telling me. Like comedy used to be, you know, the scene was always New York City, and now it's kind of shifted to uh, LA. But the, but the saying, there's other work out here. Like, I read that uh, you were in Grand Theft Auto. You were one of the voices in Grand Theft Auto. How was that? I did it with my eyes closed. So I didn't <laughs> have to look at the other guys in their preppy khakis, and I ran out. <laughs> the funniest thing is, I, don't even, I wasn't high, but I don't, I don't, I don't even remember do, do, do doing it. I said, I did Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, did you know what it was? Like, did, had you played the game before? No. So you're just like, fuck it, you, just, you guys want my voice? Uh, all right, pay me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, what about the, um, you, were you on season one of Louis? Uh, he never aired it. He, he did it, a, he said he was going to, he said it was the pilot, and then uh, he didn't air it, and, but he wrote an episode for me to do that I didn't want to do, uh, so I didn't do it. And, um, Why didn't you want to do it? Were you just like, I don't like this character? Well, um, maybe if Louie and I had a chance to talk, I would have understood what he wanted. But uh, it looked like it was a dumbass character in his underwear, painted green with a mask on, trying to scare his daughters. And I called him, and I've said, yeah, <laughs> I never say no. I say yes to everything. I always want, want, want to work. And uh, I, I say yes, almost like a mor- moron. But but this time I couldn't sleep all week, and I said, and Louis was a good friend, and he's a sweetheart, or he was, or he is. I I don't know him that well anymore. But but um, but but yeah, his show his show is doing really well. People seem to love it. So you're doing comedy out here in L.A. Uh, you're saying that you're doing some shows in Vegas coming up. Um, and, uh, and the show that you're doing here with, um, with, uh, Shane Bugby, this, uh, let's talk, uh, let's talk Satan and, uh, serial killers. You're going to be signing copies of your book, right? Yeah. And he'll have, there'll be copies of his book there. So Rick will do a signing. Maybe he'll do a reading of one or two of the, of the, uh, the writings. Like you, you want to have fun with comedy? Go, go to a club and really ask yourself if the guy is great, not... He's good. He's, it, there's greatness there. Like when you watch Stanhope, you can see greatness. Doug Stanhope or me or Jim, Jim Jeffries, Jim Norton, uh, Louie. You know, you'll see, and, and uh, Bill Burry, you, you, you'll spot some, you know, you'll spot greatness. But otherwise, you'll watch a, a tank of goldfish. 
<laughs> I was just watching that thi- that Bill Burr thing on YouTube the other day where he was in Philadelphia at some outdoor festival and they're heckling him and he goes off for like 10 minutes just yeah. shitting on the town of Philadelphia and it's like the greatest thing you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, was he going off on the Eagles? The Eagles, the Phillies, the people of the town, everything. I mean, it goes on for 10 minutes. It's it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it, it was great instincts. He was really good. <laughs> and he just he's just laughing the whole time and people are getting mad, but some people in the audience get it. It was it's so funny. Yeah, Ian Edwards did some good stuff too. Yeah, those guys are unpredictable. You never know what you're going to get when you see Stan Hope or Jim Norton or but with the other kids. Or it's, you. Just, it's Dana Plato. <laughs> totally different strokes. So wait, uh, Rick, do you get a lot of hecklers out here? Uh, not me, no. I mean, what do you do if someone's like fucking being an asshole during a show? You have a blast. <laughs> you want whatever, the, absolutely whatever the hell you want. <laughs> they like I, I didn't become a comic. When I became a comic, half the fun was it wasn't like doing a play. It was, you're involved, you're engaged, the audience could do anything, you never knew what was going to ha- happen. A guy pulled a gun on me once and I convinced him that he doesn't want to kill me, he wants to be me. And I said, I understand. I came from the heart, I said, I understand, but it's not me you want to be, it's you want to be a comedian. I said, I know how lonely that is to walk around with that and wanting to do it, and, you know, and you think it's, it's something else, so you're pulling a gun out on somebody. <laughs> He put his gun back in his pants. He goes, you're, you're right. Then he came back the ne- ne- next week, and he says, they wouldn't let him in. But he said, I want to see him. I want to see Rick. <laughs> so hecklers are, can be a, a beautifully complex situation. They're men. They're women who are being fucked in this fucking bullshit world, watching dentists with their Porsche dicks. You know, and 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 poodle eyeball shih tzu asshole girls with their asses with, with their dress pur- purposely showing their waxed a- asshole that is fake pierced. You, you know, like like who who needs it? The, the the guy wanted to be on stage. The guy wants to live. He wants to say something. And L.A. is such a quivering breeze of a town, constant that. Like t- tonight, I, I, I was sick uh, all day, so I had to stay. I, I had shit to do, so I had to stay home t- t- tonight. And I, I don't want to be home. You know, you woke me up. Maybe I'll go out and go. Uh, you know, like, like, like this guy Shane. He's gonna talk about real. Mer- mer- he, he's, he's a, he, know, he had, he's informed about guys who kill, right? I guess, I guess uh, he's gonna talk about serial killers and Satan. Or something. That must be really, really. I hope it, it sounds intru- interesting as hell. It, it, it definitely sounds interesting, and uh, you know what? I'm gonna def- I'm gonna come check it out when uh, you guys are at uh, at Nerd Melt on October 25th here in LA. It'll also- be, be a good pre-Halloween show. It sounds like. Yeah, it's a good yeah, it's a good pre-Halloween show. That's for sure. I guess uh, Feral Audio Feral Audio will be broadcasting the event as their Halloween special. So people, you know, that don't live in the West Coast can check it out as well. All right, man. Rick, it was good, it was good talking to you, man. We, yeah, we got to go hang out and grab a beer sometime. Your website, rickshapiro.tv. Click on events. You can see where you're, uh, where you can see where you're, you're playing next. Uh, Vegas this weekend. Flappers coming up as well. All right, man. It was good talking to you. Thank you, Tracy, for being on the show, too. I yeah, enjoyed both the tea. Guys. I enjoyed the tea. I hope you didn't find it too bitter. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it tasted just fine.
All right, man. You take it easy. All right, good. I'll see you at, at Nerd Mill. All right. All right. Thanks. Thanks a lot, guys. Well, that was a bit unplanned. Um, <laughs> it was fun, though. It was fun to talk to Rick. No, that, Rick Shapiro's a great guy. Like, people, seriously, I, you know, he's done the Edinburgh Fr- Fringe Festival. He, you know, goes up and down the East Coast and on the West he's Coast, old, too. He's like an old-school comic. You know... I don't know it, if you'd appreciate that, but I mean, in the best best way possible. Like, he, he's, like, original. He's been, yeah, the guy's been doing it a long time. Like, he's a seasoned comic. And when he gets up there, it's... You, that's what I, I was trying to point out with, like, Doug Stanhope and Bill Burr and those guys. You never know what is going to happen at their show. It's it's unexpected. Yeah, they do they're, have they're like thi- they're thinking it through while they do it. It's not just like some planned out set. Well, they have like, a set, but it's not. Yeah, yeah but it's a set, but it's, it's loosely not like, structured. Do you know what I mean? Does it make sense if I say it's like not? Um, what do they call it when you like go into a room and you test it in front of like a specific audience? It, it's, and, it, no, it isn't. It hasn't been crowd tested. Like you know, crowd, they, yeah, it's not a crowd tested. But there's a there's a level of spontaneity in these guys that doesn't exist with the new generation comedians. And I think he was getting at that because in LA, like seriously, dude, the, the comedy scene out here, there's a, probably five open mics every night at around this city. There's a if, lot if of these. If your goal is over the goal, life of your entertainment lifespan is to make the most money. The way to do that is to crowd test it. There's some other word term that I'm not, <laughs> neither of us is remembering, but yeah, like I'm going to do this crowd tested material. I know exactly where I, the laughs are, you know, exactly, I know exactly what's going to appeal to the widest audience. And I'm just going to keep hammering that until NBC gives me a call and then I'll have a sitcom. But it's like, but that's, that's the way it works out here. It's like it's these predictable comics that, that just, they like, uh, so exempt for I mean, example, they're doing, they're doing what's in their best interest. If that's your interest is making the most money over, over your entertainment lifespan. Cause you can make money. Like, like Whitney Cummings, she starts doing, yeah. she starts doing her bit out here. You know, she's next a millionaire thing you know, for the rest of her life. Yeah, next thing you know, she's got a she's got a TV show, and that's that's just kind of the way it works. You look at the Nerdist guy with his Talking Dead and all that. It's the same <laughs> thing. But but Rick Shapiro comes from like that previous generation where it's just like you know I want to get up on stage and I want to fucking speak my mind. I'm He's gonna not going to fucking sell out, even though that has really no meaning in this day and age. But like that's the attitude. That's the attitude. He but from. he was from that era where people did sell out. You know, so he's been Started doing a long to sell time. Out, maybe. But, the, but the guy, yeah, the Rick Shapiro is great. If you ever see him live, um, I saw him. I've only seen him once. It was in Pasadena at that club over there. But people will yell shit, and he will go off. Like that dude will will tear you a, a new rectum. Yeah, you asked him about hecklers, and he was like, "That's the best part." Yeah, he's one of those <laughs> That's guys my that jumps part off. of the thing. Like Bill Hicks, he's just like he, they jump all over him. So it's he, he's a he's a great person to see live if you ever get a chance. I just, I mean, I, it, the interview was a little bit weird because he obviously didn't know fuck all about the show that he's doing with Shane Bugby. Well, and he obviously doesn't know anything about our fucking stupid show. No, I mean, it was, it was just kind of, I mean. The, I, I thought we were going to talk about this Satan and Dana Plato well, and that's the what I had prepared. And cooking show, but Shane is MIA. I hope he's still, I thought he's still alive. Well, yeah, because they won't be able to do his shows. But no, Shane contacted me. Like, this always happens. She contact, contacted me like three weeks ago and was just like, hey, I really want to do your show. We got these two big shows coming up in San Francisco and L.A. Want to be on Sick and Wrong to talk about it. 
And I was like, oh, you know, it's this Halloween is interesting. Thing. It's Halloween themed. It kind of, uh, it's definitely something that would interest our audience. And, uh, you know, I'm a fan of Rick Shapiro, who's involved with it. So I was like, okay, yeah, let's, let's set this up. The guy contacted me like two more times, put me in touch with Tracy, who's Rick's manager. We coordinated this whole thing. And I even confirmed last night and this afternoon that I was calling at 8 o'clock, you know, 8 p.m. PST. And uh, they said, yeah, you know, and, and, and Shane's MIA. No show. So, well, maybe you had an emergency. I hope it's not too bad. You know, you know the the one the one regret I have is I wanted to find out how the fuck Dana Plato was murdered because she owed me. Why I wanted to, you know what I want to know even before that why Shane's so interested in Dana Plato? <laughs> I don't, I don't know either. What's the connection with why Dana Plato? Did he, did he meet her at some point? Because I because I follow his Facebook page and he's talked about her and like he published some zine about it at one point. Like why? Who cares the? Who gives a shit about Dana Plato? But was there some conspiracy? Like was she murdered by Satanists or something, or the Juminati, or, or like what? Like I've never heard any of know. this. The Bilderbergers. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's it said here she died of a drug overdose on Mother's Day, uh, in in an RV. Oh. Like it was a. She took a bunch of Valium, but um. A couple, what a shit. You're going to overdose on Valium? Yeah, come on, girl. A cop. I'm sure she was drinking, too. She oh, was probably right. just that's trying fair. to deal that's with uh, deal with uh, Mother's Day. You know what's interesting about uh, Dana Plato? And here's a fact you might not know. I found this off her Wikipedia page. In 92, she was one of the first celebrities to star in a video game. The game was called Night Trap. You ever heard of it? Oh, yeah. That was one of those CD-ROM games where it wasn't really a game. It was just kind of like an interactive movie yeah it, they said it was a pioneering title it was the first game to use live actors and she was yeah, like at the time it was so sweet because they're like well, video games look real now but then you played it and you're like this is bullshit it's like a choose your own adventure novel which are fine but it's not like as fun as like a robotron or something but, but i don't understand how it worked like was there action or do you just kind of put it in and you're like dana wants to do this do you go yeah. through the blue no door? that's exactly i mean you've read choose your own adventure before yeah, yeah, of course. I'm so you read, that. and at the end of the chapter, it says, go to either page 12 or page 72, depending on your... And that's exactly... It was just a bunch of clipped-together video things of the plot, and depending on what you chose at distinct moments, it would do one thing or the other. I mean, do really, they... If, you, if you're, like, 12 years old and thinking you're going to play a video game that, like, has is real-looking, and that's what you get, you're extremely disappointed. Did they uh, make a lot of these games? Like, do they make porn versions of these games? I think there are. Pro- I'm sure there are porn versions, but yeah, there there are other ones like it. Huh? I, I you know I'd never heard of this. I don't even remember. I guess I don't, I don't even know if I had a computer back in '92. Kids today who grow up like playing these games that are photorealistic, like Grand Theft Auto, or you know what, just amazing graphics, just have no idea. Have no idea. They never jerked off to Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> the original. <laughs> or like, can you imagine? Taking, like, a 15-year-old kid who just plays, like, 18 hours of Call of Duty in a, a day and being like, this is Zork. We used to just cream <laughs> our jeans over Zork. And just, like, it's a black or screen. Zelda. Even Zelda, but Zork's, I think, a better example. Like, a black screen, a little bit of white text comes across. And they're like, well, did it, is it loading? And like, no, read that. And then and type something in and hit press return. Press the arrow button. <laughs> You know, I thought that was funny that Rick was like, didn't know, he probably had no idea what Grand Theft Auto was. They're just like, here, we're going to give you 10 grand, read the yeah. script, and, and we'll just use your voice. 
He just went in with a blindfold and tried not to look at the guys in khakis. As a guy who goes to work in khakis almost every day, I tried to bite my tongue. God, that's a perfect. That's a perfect job. Just go in there and do a voice for a video game. So everybody says. Anyway, too bad our voices are terrible. I want to plug Rick's book. Check it out, Unfiltered. You know that guy? He was like a male prostitute at one point. Like the guy did well, so what much the fuck? heroin. And then he said he got into a wreck and his, like, his, his, his brain, brain was, was pressing through a dent. In his head. I don't know. I have no idea. I know he he like either had a heart attack or an aneurysm or something. I know there was like he had a severe medical condition recently. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know the extent of it. But but yeah, the, the dude, the, the guy is somebody uh, you should definitely check out live. If he's coming to your city, just go check him out. And uh, and go buy a copy of his book. Rick's book is unfiltered, and uh, his website is rickshapiro TV. Uh, you can also go check out the show that those guys are doing. It's uh, assuming Shane shows up to yeah, it. assuming Shane actually shows up to his own show. Let's talk Satan serial killers and the murder of a child star, and it's going to be uh, the twenty fifth of October here in L A. and it's twenty seventh of uh, October, the Sunday in uh, San Francisco. It's like at a seventh in Howard is where Vortex is. By the way, he said you'd never been to it. I haven't either. But it's, it's it got to be a new club. I don't think I've been there. Been yeah. there yet? Um, doesn't ring a bell. I bet just Sleazy E knows about it though. Oh yeah, guy Sleazy knows every does. club in that city. Anyway, Wacker, we got some phone calls to get to. Uh, people, you can call the Sicker on Hotline two zero six 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 three eight four six. Before we get to our first call, here's a word from our sponsor, Audible.com. Audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. With over 75,000 titles to choose from, Audible has it covered. Get a free audiobook download when you sign up for a free trial. Go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash diddle and get your free audiobook today. All right, so we got a few phone calls here to the Sick and Wrong Hotline. Um, Wackley, you want me to play a little more of that Frank Moore I played earlier? No. You sure? Okay, fine. All right, just, just a little more Frank Moore there for you. Oh, isn't this uh, Flowers in My Attic this is <laughs> up from his second album? I can tell because it sounds different than all the other songs. I think it's a cover of a Rolling Stone song, um, Sister Morphine. You know that one? This is more silence than actually grunting. You know, oh, he's, grunting. he's moving around in his chair. He was all about the performance. Like, I don't think Frank would appreciate people just listening to the tracks. It's all about... You kind of have to watch it. And ideally, you don't, you're you not even watching it on a video. You're actually there because you get the smells and the perspective and all that. That guy had a million-dollar smile, didn't he? <laughs> okay. His teeth are kind of scary. I'm going to say that. Like, I, I don't I have no... I'm not, like, dis, like, he doesn't turn my stomach or anything. I understand. He's like a disabled man and yeah why shouldn't a disabled man get lots of sex and do art and music but his teeth are pretty fucking scary <laughs> his teeth are really scary i mean i uh yeah. especially if you start looking at him like from a weird angle like up into his mouth it's pretty fucking frightening i remember when he finally left because uh, he was there for a while on rampage and you know people were doing drugs and hanging out uh, he he yeah. didn't he didn't do any drugs but i remember he finally left when uh 
the, the whole room like smelled really bad. I mean, it smelled like bo, but then it started smelling like feces. Like it smelled really bad. Yeah. And then his, his he shit his pants. Yeah, his caretaker was like, "Uh oh, Frank had an accident. We should probably go in like a half hour." It's like you guys can totally go now. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> half hour of shit in his pants is not working for me. And Bob Madigan was just like, "I don't care." And yeah. if you see, oh, kiss his dick. <laughs> If you see Bob in that video too, he's got this shirt of just some big penis and just said Jesus is coming. Yeah, it, it's it's classic I Bob mean, Madigan. Bob was amazing. Frank was amazing. They're both hanging out with Elvis and Jesus right now, fucking just being fucking cool. And Frank has full faculties, but he still is an artistic madman, you know. But he's just like, hey, what's going on, guys? <laughs> Hopefully he still sings in the same uh, sonorous voice. Oh, yeah. When he wants to sing, he still does his old numbers. Yeah. He's like, hey, have you guys heard this one? <laughs> you should I wrote almost, that. You should almost be in a Frank Moore cover band. <laughs> I like people do Elvis impersonators. I'll just be a Frank, a Frank Moore, Moore impersonator. You know what? I, I do. Oh, well, wait, 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 wait. Before you go on, can I have my dick sucked? <laughs> You could probably find some uh, some forty year old hippies with a uh, wolf pussy to uh, climb on your dick. Done. That might work. Oh. You know, Frank Moore was banned from almost like every club in the city. They're only Why? like because they, you know, his performances like had nudity and uh, wait, ban- banned from entering or bad banned from perf- playing performing? from performing. Oh yeah, okay. I so he only could play like maybe two or three places. That's why uh, he would do these festivals during the day that would go on like forever, like going all night. Um, here, here's the first call we got here. This is from a female listener that called up and is telling us some secrets about women. So this is almost like a magician revealing. You know, like David Copperfield revealing his secrets. This is a woman betraying her own sex to call up sick and wrong and tell us secrets about being a woman. I'm all ears. And she, my cock is in my there's hand. There's one question I hope, hope she answers. We'll see. Hey, guys. A uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. I am a closeted sick and wrong fan. Uh, that means that I don't tell anyone that I listen to this podcast. But here's some things that uh, I've been piling up. That See, that's part of the problem. We have all these closeted fans that just listen to us in private. That's why, you know, people, we want you to spread the word. Don't be embarrassed. Be proud. Be proud of listening to this audible filth. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if she's embarrassed by talking about listening to a podcast or listening to this podcast. Yeah. There's a, there's a difference between closeted podcast listener and closeted sick and wrong podcast listener. Every, everybody's in the – I mean you could be like, I listen to the uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me podcast. Yeah. No, there's so many obscure podcasts. We've been Have around you ever heard time. the History Channel Hitler podcast? I listen to that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good one. I don't think she should be that ashamed, but at least she's calling in. You got to spread the word because there's no other way that D and I are going to be independently wealthy unless you spread the fucking word. How do you expect us to sell our goddamn t-shirts? When girls drink, we also wrestle. Uh, I had a friend who would wrestle every time we would drink and uh, she would always try to beat me and I was one. And then I had a couple other friends that would wrestle and uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, That's interesting. 
The girls wrestle when they drink. What do you think they are wearing when they're wrestling? Underpants. In my mind, I was just picturing panties, a lot of baby oil, a tarp on the ground. That's clearly not happening. You went too far with it. Well, what do you think? You got to maintain realism. Like, oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Well, oh, I'll go in there with you. Okay, I'm pulling down my pants to pee. Oh, I ripped your pants off and now we're wrestling on the bathroom floor in our underwear. Yeah, but is the other girl in her underwear? Maybe, maybe not. I'm picturing more like it's a slumber party sleepover. Girls like to do that. Like girls will go out and get drunk. That's and true. Go back. Even to adult house. women, I find that yeah, they love the sleepover. They like Especially the sleepover. if, if you had, like one of them has their own apartment. It's not like a sleepover with the parents. It's like, oh, well, I can't go home. I'm too trashed. And then they wrestle. I guess guys like to roughhouse. We should not wrestle. But no, we don't wrestle. Although at Jared's bachelor party, you were just. I mean, I don't want to tell your sister, but you were just. You had Jared like the figure four. And kind of like with your legs, though? Is that what you call that? With your no, figure it, was a 69, it was more of a 69 position. Like Jared's um, beard was... It looked like you had a blonde pubic mound because think, Jared's beard was like on top of your ball sack. You have selective and memory. And your penis dude. was you trying to your memory. What actually happened is I was wasted and I was trying to be a tough guy and I tried to like shoulder check him. But Jared's like a... Jared would probably outweighs me by what? 50 pounds? And he's got a low center of gravity. Let's yeah, say so that. nothing happened. Been like a off him, and then Jared just like full on tackled me into this disgusting soiled mattress that was on the ground. Yeah, so you guys are on a soiled mattress together, yeah. rolling around with each other. What was your point? Yeah, it was just really gay. <laughs> <laughs> so, right back at you, caller. Men do this too. <laughs> so here's some more secrets. I had a roommate. That we would um, go into our guy's roommate room and steal his porn. This back like when people still had videos, and we would watch it on the uh, TV in the living room. And sometimes he would come home and he would be like, "What are you guys doing?" And we'd be like, "We don't understand what's going on." And we would like sit there and analyze the porn, but it wasn't like it was getting us horny or anything. We just sit there and be like, "I don't think I could do that." Um, that pisses me off, actually. Yeah, that's not hot. I thought there was going to be, like, hot revelations. It's like, we steal your porn, and then you come home drunk for the bar, and then we criticize the porn that you have, and we, like, throw it in your face that so you're watching it. And we're like, Deconstruct it. We don't it. get it. Why would No girl would ever do that. You really jerk off to this, and they're extremely catty and bitchy? Uh, that doesn't this, surprise me. Now, that, that just – that really just – that just – really pisses me off. This what if is, you just plant – what if you plant your ass right between them and you're like, oh, girls, you like this? Come on, you like it. Doesn't this have the makings of like an awesome night for the male roommate? Like he comes home, both of yeah, his female roommates like are like yeah. in their PJs, watching porn, touching Your themselves porn. a little bit. Your porn. You come in, you end up having a menage a trois. Instead, you got two neo-feminists deconstructing the porn and uh, criticizing every outfit, hairstyle, bit of dialogue i would just i would just walk i would storm i would shut it off grab my vhs tape out of the vcr and just storm back into my room slam the door there's a lot of storming or what are you storming norman i would be storming in anger that's that's how i express my anger storm non-verbal uh expression there but you know that that's another thing have you ever had a girlfriend that did that though like she's like okay i'll watch porn with you you find you put it on, and next thing you know, she's just criticizing every aspect of the porn. Like, why do you find this hot? I've never watched porn with a girlfriend. Ever? You've never had a girl that was into porn? I've looked at porn pic- 
this is going to take a while. I don't even know whether to get into it. But uh, you know that you know the game machine at the bar? That, that was like a thousand and one games. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Really yeah. Shitty and games. You, 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 yeah, and you, it's like a, you uncover like a. You, it's like a puzzle game. You uncover some of the girls in a bikini or topless. Yeah, I've done that with the girls, but that's the most that's ever happened. I can't believe you've I've, never... I've had girls who've said like we should watch porn, and I'm always like, yeah. I think I've talked about this. And they're always like, where do you get it? I'm like, are you fucking retarded? It's on the internet. Oh God, yeah, I'd... and then, and they just and then I'm just like, I don't even want to show it to you because if you don't even know that it's on the internet, like you're just gonna think I'm disgusting. You know, there are girls like this girl who's just trying not to be honest with herself. Most girls do like porn and they masturbate to porn, especially the younger girls. Why wouldn't a girl like? Porn? Why, I mean, what, yeah. we've got we've got another herd of the girls like to masturbate, right? So why wouldn't you like porn? I always ask. I always ask girlfriends or girls I start dating once once we start talking about porn, which is usually second or third date. We start talking about porn, and I'll ask them, "What are your keywords?" It tells you a lot about a girl when you find out what her keywords are. That's a good point. I've never tried that, but that is a very good strategy. Ask them because once they, if if they it's have like a, it's a good and it's a good conversation starter. Well, if they if have you're not keywords, get naked though, later. but if they have keywords, then that means they're into porn. Because they have keywords. And if they're like, what are you talking about keywords? I'm like, well, if you were to search for porn, what would you like to do? And they're like, oh, you can do that? And you can be like, well, yeah. I'll show you. I just watch whatever comes up. Not like, no, type in bondage. Yeah, exactly. You like that? You like that? A little bit of bondage, babe? (laughs) And then you're in. (laughs) And then you get too drunk and you pass out and piss on yourself. And she ends up like finishing watching the porn. Sexy, <laughs> or she's like, "I love that piss barn," and then you're back in again. And, you know, so this girl still hasn't answered my questions. So let me okay. see. And let me see what else. Uh, oh, football. Uh, what you call it? Football widow. Um, so I'm Spanish, and um, I don't know about European, but in Spanish, there's no such thing. Like Spanish people, there's no such thing as soccer widows because everybody watches soccer everybody um male and female into our system the uh when the world cup comes around everybody watches the world cup doesn't matter there's no such thing like there's some people that don't like football or soccer um but it's very rare that you'll find very rare that you'll find somebody crosses gender lines yeah it sounds like it's a Uh, it's a a family experience Uh, a familia crazy because you know since i live here in the u.s like you guys and um sometimes when you don't get the the channels from like the other the other soccer games there's a lot of people who watch like the dc united games and it's crazy if you go to a dc united game you'll hear like the chants from the soccer teams the spanish soccer teams so yeah there's no such thing as soccer widows everybody watches soccer it's, it's yeah i wish american women would get behind um, football the so same way well, thanks for calling, but she did not answer the question I wanted to hear. Maybe, what maybe was another. Your, what call. was your key question? What I want to know: when women are in private, like so, like during these sleepovers or whatever, do they rip loud farts on purpose, like on each <laughs> how, other? How was I just predicting that? <laughs> You're obsessed with it. No, I'm not obsessed with farts. I just want to know. You're you are obsessed. You're you're. Uh, inversely obsessed with it. Like you have this thing where you don't want to ever fart in front of a girl and any girl you want to have sex with, you're not allowed. She's not allowed to fart in front of you. It's it's not that. What I want to know is when guys are just hanging out with each other, of course we're farting. 
We're fart. It's a, it's a production of the, the, you know, the farts are kind of a production. We don't want to fart on purpose. It's funny. I just wonder if girls have the same. production. Well, that's why I wonder if girls have the same sentiment about it when they're in private or if they're still very demure about yeah, it. No, like they embarrassed. Are. No, you they love so? it. Yeah, who does? It's a human thing. I guarantee girls are just ripping loud farts. They that's all what do. I'm saying. I'm in agreement. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe yeah, some uh, female listeners can uh, shed some light on that. Um, what's interesting about the uh, the football? I, mean, I wonder if that, if it's like that in the UK. Well, she said she's Spanish. She's Spanish, so. which I know, yeah. like uh, South America, like like so- football is huge. But I just wonder in the UK if like uh, English women are like, "Hey, we're going to go watch the football match." Do you think it has something to do with the fact that? In soccer, the women can see the dude's faces, so they can be like, oh, Beckham is so cute. Look at him. Hmm. I think that, I think that has a lot to do with it. Whereas in football, they can't, you can't see the faces because they have a big helmet on. And it could so, be, but they're wearing tighter pants, though. True. You can see more of the ass. I think that's I, more of a gay. I think that's kind of more of a gay guy thing to look at the actual ass and the cheeks and the crack. Whereas girls, like they want to see the face and imagine like living in a nice little house with a picket fence and having some children. I think I think soccer too is a lot easier to understand. Just dudes kicking a ball. This there's way, some complicated rules, way. but not nearly as many complicated rules as as American football. You're so, right. Yeah, it seems like it'd just be easier to grasp, but. Yeah, you know what I wonder? English fans could probably a- answer this. Do you think there are female English soccer hooligans that only fight other female? Eng- like, do you think there's like the Chelsea female soccer fans that fight the Man U, Manchester United female hooligans? I, I would say almost certainly. If I had to bet money on it, I would say almost certainly yes. Or do you think they fight alongside the, the, the guys? I mean, back in, when we grew up in the Midwest, we used to see... The girl gangs fight each other. White girl gangs. Yeah. Of course that happens in England. It might. Well, you know, English, English listeners and can Scotland call and Scotland and Ireland and Wales and the, all the other parts. Is that be, all the parts? I'd be scared of some of these Scottish birds. Um, the last call here is in reference to last week when uh, Wackley was asking about how many people um, expose themselves going through drive throughs Whoops. <laughs> Wait, no, he's telling me. Wait, what's Frank saying? Oh, really? Uh, Frank's saying he used to work at Wendy's in the drive-thru. <laughs> and uh, once in a while, a guy would come through with his cock out. No, wait, a, wait just... a second. You got this wrong. Frank was driving his wheelchair through. through the drive-thru. Oh, he was driving. <laughs> Sometimes I don't hear him well. He didn't have his pants on. Oh, his oh, Frank's cock was out. <laughs> what was he, he was getting filet of fish or McChicken? <laughs> both. Oh, both. He's yeah. saying yeah, both. I think that's what was happening. I got it. All right. Here's the, here's the real call. Hey guys. Uh, so drive through jerking off. Um, I worked at a place out here that's in the called now. Arctic Circle. I don't think you guys got them there. And um, Arctic this is when Circle. I was a teenager. And the only time like uh, any of the girls said that this happened was uh, the, the guy actually was just kind of parked in his car watching the girls work up front, and then, uh, and then he pulled around and asked for napkins, and he made it, like, obvious that he had, you know, cum all over his hands. <laughs> so I bet 
the dad Yahoo had already come and wanted the girl to touch it. That's what I'm fucking. If he has come all over his hands. Pretty sticking wrong. Yeah, I think this. I think that Yahoo is this guy. Who's the guy who comes all over his hands and is still interested in like messing around and fucking with women? Yeah, I mean, once you once you watch the women, you know, working at the with the frosty freeze or whatever, and you come, it's on your hand, then you just go home. And it's like, geez, oh, I should go in there and get a napkin and fuck with them. And it's like, oh my god, I'm so ashamed. I gotta, I gotta I th- home now. But it makes sense though. Like he's handing her change. And I think the act of her brushing the cum on her hand. But he's already climax, is what I'm saying. Yeah, but I think he, I think he gets off. He probably gets uh, off again. Maybe it's like his oh, second climax. Or, yeah, maybe a multiple orgasm or something. God, these guys are more sophisticated than I am. You know, I saw the other day. I wasn't. Ja- uh, let me just preface. I wasn't jacking off to this. I was not masturbating to this. I ended up. This is about which. which made, anytime you say that, everybody's be like, "Oh, well, obviously he was, or he wouldn't feel the need to say that." I was. I know I wasn't because I passed out with my pants down, and I I woke up, and this was the porn that was on my screen. So I I'm pretty sure there's no come on me. So I think I maybe was going to masturbate to it, but I passed out, and. Uh, it's actually very sad now that I think about it. Just me what if you, what if you, my what if you came and a little mouse came out in the middle of the night and licked it off? What's the probability of that happening? Huh? Anyway, I woke what am I, up. A statistician. I woke up and I was dismayed to find out that this is what I was watching. I was really drunk, so I don't really remember. But the video was, and it's a genre of porn that's kind of popular on the tubes. The video was that these these. Guys would get their dick sucked by a girl. The guy would blow his load in the girl's face. Then they'd go through a drive-thru, like McDonald's or Taco Bell or Hardee's or something, and she would order food and pay for the food with cum just all over her face. And he'd film the reaction of the worker. Are, are you going to link to this, or you just expect everybody to believe you? Go look it up. It's drive-thru porn. It's like, uh, it's, go to uges.com or RedTube. It's a genre of porn. I, I'm not making this up, Wackerly. Okay. I, I did not. I did not masturbate. I've never it, seen though. it before, and I look at a lot of porn. You've never seen this drive-through porn? No, it's new to me. Which you know, is thank it, you is for introducing me to some to new. You. <laughs> no, it's not hot. <laughs> you have you have some hard on for fast food. I, I like fast food. I, I don't like. No, you don't. You hate it. No, Taco Bell. I eat Taco Bell. <laughs> not with sour cream. Sour cream's too close to semen. <laughs> but you hate KFC, you hate Burger King, you hate McDonald's. There's nothing for me to eat at those places. You hate Jack in the Box. Also, but you hate the concept again. of them. You're yeah. like a you're like a you're like a warrior against the their existence. So what? I, but so then, are you saying that secretly I fetishize these places, and that's why I want to like jizz all over a girl and then have her order food from these places? I think you want to fuck the Jack in the Box character or Ronald McDonald or the Burger King or Grimace or who else is out there? All right. I've only jacked off to a Jack in the Box commercial once. Only once. What if a girl, what if a girl <laughs> was fucking you and was wearing the giant Arby's hat? <laughs> is that, that the so mascot? Just a big hat? Well, I, I don't know. That's the only thing I know about Arby's. They used to have those big signs with the big hat. Right, she was just wearing the tall 10-gallon hat. She's like, fuck me, D. I I'm represent the industry of Arby's and how they're just making all the youth of America fat. You'd be like, oh, I'm going to give it to you so good. I would be – see, you. Arby's is probably my most hated. 
Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm bringing it up. Like, I, I don't think I'd get off on that. If she was maybe dressed up as a colonel. No, but the fact that it's most hated is why it would be great for you, because you would be fucking Arby's So you're saying literally. it'd be a revenge fuck that I'd have towards the entire I corporation have, I don't know, you have some obsession with it. It's just food. I don't care. You can eat fast food. It's a circle. It's a circle of life. I don't, you do care. I don't though. like it. You do care. You I don't do like care. it, but I like Taco Bell. So you know, I, I think Taco that one's fine. Taco Bell's your safe word or safe food. All I'm saying is that this whole fetish of people driving through drive-throughs and jacking off, or their semen on their hands, or semen girls—it's a—it's a thing. It's a porn thing. It's a genre of porn. It's popular. I like the idea, but I've never seen it. I want to get. I want a link. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll see if I can find one. All right, here's <laughs> here's the last call because we're running out of time here. All right, D. All right, Lance Neil from Crystal Palace here right. again. Let's get a few things fucking straight. It's fucking football, not fucking soccer. We invented it, not you, cunts. So let's get that straight. Is that true? One. Okay. I don't know. You want to get fucking pissed, pissed up, Lance? Love the baseball. Come and have a game at the Ashes. Fucking. Dirty Aussie fucking cunts. Fuck them. We won the ashes. Bloke from Brixton. Love you, mate. You know the score about the football. Fuck it. Fuck it all. Just fuck it. NFL. <laughs> love it. It's not fucking rugby. They're all a bunch of cunts. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck it all. Love you guys. Up the fucking Spurs. You know me. Fuck it. The Spurs? He's an NBA fan. Actually, that was Tony Blair. (laughs) (laughs) Ever since he got out of office, he just like drinks fucking wife beater, knocking back white strongbow every day, listening to sick and wrong, pranking his his posh accent. (laughs) That's his real accent. Well, no, this is his real accent. Yeah, this is his real accent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't understand what he was saying there. The ashes. What does he mean by that? Something about cricket. Oh, it's a cricket thing. Which is like baseball, he's saying. He says he likes to get drunk and watch baseball. He likes to watch uh, cricket. He likes he NFL. Like, I, I, I do like, I mean, if you li- if you grew up and lived in Great Britain, <laughs> I mean, I could see, like, watching American football. I mean, it's 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 has huge production values. It's The the Super Bowl is amazing. Like, I could be like, oh, yeah, what do you guys watch? Amer- I, I'm surprised more people don't. Unless it's just a cultural, uh, like, uh, arrogance thing that, like, I would never yeah, watch just, American just football. Just because it's an entertaining. Thing. You know, I'm surprised they don't because English people are violent. They like to hit each other and knock each other down. Right. Give, them, give each other Chelsea smiles and Kirby's. You'd think, like, the NFL would just be, you know, uh, they could do it vicariously. Watch, watch growing men just smash each other. It might be like cricket, like people from America don't watch cricket because we just don't get the rules. And even if somebody explains it to us, we're just like, what? Why? Why would they do that? And yeah, how does that it, work? And it's just a there's sport. There's too many rules. You know, it's a bunch of, it's, but it's a sport of a bunch of like puss wearing white, like cruising around with my, my little wicket bat. It's like, it's, I don't know. It's almost like watching ballet or figure skating. Um, you know, uh, the NFL, though, I was looking at this. So they used to have all these one exhibition game in London. This year they have like five. Oakland Raiders are going over there like in a couple of weeks, and the games are oh, Jesus the, Christ. The games are sold out like months in advance. So NFL. Yeah, right. So so what I'm saying is true. There are a lot of people in Great Britain. It's becoming really popular UK, over there. So just like like American. Just football. watch UK. Watch UK. I give it about two more years. You're going to start calling football football, and soccer will be soccer, and then who will be laughing? 
But you never touch the ball with your foot, mate. Yeah, you do, actually. It gets kicked <laughs> off. It gets kicked for punts, field goals. It gets punted. It, it, it gets kicked a lot, okay? It, we just don't have this thing where, like, you can never touch the ball with your hands. Never. Well, only that guy in the weird juicer down in the net, he can touch it with his hands. Nobody else can touch it with their hands. We just made that rule, right? Exactly. No, you can fucking grab the ball like a man. Uh, people call Sick or Wrong Hotline, 206-666-3846. Um, thanks, as always. Subscribe to the show on iTunes. Just go to the podcast directory. Do a search for Sick and Wrong. Uh, rate and comment and subscribe. I know there's uh, been some problems recently with uh, people downloading the show on iTunes. Um, I don't know. iTunes is just kind of a wonky program. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I hate, I hate using it. I hate using it. I have, this new, I have this new computer at work and it has Windows 8, and I've tried to update. It keeps – every time I open iTunes, it says, oh, you need you need to update iTunes. And I'm like, okay, update. And, I, and I've done this like literally uh, 20 fucking times, and every time I do it, it says, update failed. Oh, thanks. Good job, iTunes. Uh, well, next time you ask me, so I'll, I'll, I'll update it again. And it'll probably fail. Yeah, yep. it's annoying. It totally and then, will fail. And they prompt you to update like one, once every two weeks. Probably. I don't know. Like don't know. every time I open it, I'm I'm being completely honest here. I'm not joking. Every time I open it, it asks me to update, and then it tells me that the update failed, and it doesn't tell me what I should do to make it not fail. God, I don't know. But Apple is amazing. You know, if you ever talk to anybody who's into Apple, it's the best. There's never any bugs. There's never any security problems. Apple makes amazing products and software. But for some reason, it can't fucking update our show right, and it can't uh, update on my computer right. So what I was getting at, people, if you have a problem downloading the episode, sometimes what I do is I'll delete the the show completely, then go in there and resubscribe, and then I'll download just fine. Which is a totally, totally reasonable thing for a user of iTunes to have to do to make the fucking program work. Yeah, annoying as fuck, but that's kind of or a Or you can go around. to our website and get it too. You know? Yeah, but we want people to listen to iTunes because it actually does give us that's exposure. True. So that's that works. Um, shit story theme music. Voting is over. It's done. Uh, the winners will be announced next week and we'll play their jingles. Or should I say shingles? Is that like a, more of a proper term for it? Sure. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so thank you everybody for sub- for sending in your submissions. We got a creative audience. We always have. And so uh, next week, I'll announce the uh, the the three winners um, that people voted for. Also, you can buy a sick and wrong logo tea, the um, the Groucho Skull sick and wrong tea at sickandwrongpodcast slash store. Uh, I actually I know a lot of people ordered them. I sent out like twelve of them today. I went down to the post office. It was an arduous journey. And an ordeal. Like, I had to wait through, like, 20 people. And then the post office just sucks anyways. They and they The shutdown is officially over today. Is that why? Was the post office closed? I don't know. But that might be why everybody was there. Oh, my God. There's the, the, po- the postal workers are so ornery. And I always get this one guy that is literally, like, maybe an hour away from going postal. You can tell. <laughs> and when he sees me, he, just, he doesn't even say hi or anything. He just goes, how many international you got? And I was looking at him like, uh, I got a couple because we have a lot of people that order international shirts. And so I, I just kind of bring it out. Like, oh, I got a couple. And he looks at me, he's like, that's more than a couple. And he's just pissed off about it because they hate international packages over there. But go to sickerongpodcast.com slash store, buy a t-shirt. Um, Sickerong Song of the Week. I'm going to dedicate this one to the, the Satan show that's coming up with uh, Rick Shapiro and Shane Bugby. It's Venom uh, to Hell and Back. 
damn good metal band, Venom. So I'm going to dedicate that to them. Uh, people, go check out the show if you live in SF or if you live in LA. It's uh, Friday, October 25th at Nerd Melt in uh, Los Angeles. That's where they, it's the Nerdish Theater, miraculously. I'm sure you would probably love going there. It's, it's, it's in, in back of Meltdown Comics. Might be. I like Mel- I do like Meltdown Comics. I will give them a pull. Yeah, they have a in the back. They have like a the, the Nerd Melt Comedy Theater. Um, yeah, Meltdown is one of the best comic stores in the country. I would say. It's damn good, it's a damn good one. Also, the Vortex Room in San Francisco on October 27th. Um, also, rest in peace, Frank Moore. You will be missed. There really aren't quite that many people like you, unfortunately. Um, but maybe that's why you're so unique. Anyway, people will be back next week with episode 404. Until then, take a sleazy. Good night. She was, she, you could tell she hated do, do, doing it. She couldn't, she could barely last. 
and all she moved was like she had like one eyebrow, and all she moved was was her head, like just <laughs> left and right and cocking it, and her her clitoris. I, I said her clitoris hung out like the forearm of an angry Polish dock worker. <laughs> Where was this? Uh, Seventh Vale. Oh God, yeah, Seventh Vale on uh, Sunset. Yeah, I, I used to go go there because I lived right there. And I started going out with a sh- sh- stripper there who, who kept telling me well, while she was sh- sh- stripping, she kept saying, I used to be a stylist. And every time her moves came around to my, where I was sitting, she'd go, I used to be a stylist. I used to be a stylist. I used to be a stylist with Sarah Silverman. I used to be a stylist with Sarah Silverman. <laughs> That's her claim to fame? Yeah. Claim to legitimacy, it sounds like. She, she said, my stripper name is G- Giselle. I said, that sounds like my aunt. Like, I'm your Aunt Giselle, and I'm your stripper for the evening. Don't look <laughs> at that. Don't touch that. Don't you do that. 